entertained? Are you not entertained? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. What's up, Videolanders? I'm Brad. I'm Cousin Wayne. I'm Josh. Welcome to Versus. Versus is AV's fight club of sorts, where we pit two movies against each other and see who comes out the victor. Consider Versus the Thunderdome of movie watching, where two movies enter and only one movie leaves. We use Versus to examine and discuss films we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. We recognize the genre director's achievements by forming a list of categories. The various category winners are awarded a golden idol, and the film with the most golden idols wins. This exercise has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. We figured tonight would be a great time to talk about two of the most important movie monsters of all time, King Kong and Godzilla. Legendary Pictures has high hopes for their shared monster universe. Next week, Kong Skull Island opens, Godzilla 2 is in pre-production, and Godzilla vs. King Kong is currently being developed. So tonight, Godzilla and King Kong will collide in one epic versus, and we will finally find out who the real king of monster, monsters truly is. Wayne, how does Godzilla and King Kong stack up against each other? Uh, pretty fucking close, actually. Uh, king Kong... And does King Kong have a dick? I believe he does. They just couldn't show, although... According to John, we'll get onto that later. Should have been able to. He should have been able to. He, he it's free code. Yeah, free code. Yeah, he, he should have been able to wrap it around Faye Ray and drag her with his dick. That would have been great. Maybe he's got one of those uh, like horse penises or like or maybe dog, King Kong was a, was a female. You yeah, know, and was just really really bushy. It's all there, it's up know? in him. Or it's bushy. It's bushy. I'm going to bushy because you know up in it just. It Is this really a good time to say you guys have clearly put a lot more thought into this than I have? <laughs> <laughs> Is this uh, a good a time to say that we are critics with attitude? I think so. So you are going to get into one hairy conversation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how they stack up? Well, <laughs> stack. They, uh, King Kong, nineteen thirty-three, starred Fay Ray and Robert Armstrong. IMDb gave it a seven point nine. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 98%. Holy shit. Yeah. So, real fucking high score. And, uh, it's a king-size score. How many lame jokes are you going to tell <laughs> before I get the fuck out of I'm here all night, buddy. <laughs> well, thank God. Okay. Godzilla came out several uh, several years later, 1954. Star- I'm having a really hard time pronouncing these names, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, Takashi Shimura and uh, Kiko Hirota. <laughs> That's who that started. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 93%. Well, so we got two movies in the 90s. 90s. Okay, I got it. <laughs> right on. So, did you guys enjoy this? Well, actually, let's not say that. Did you enjoy this this versus? Because if we if you say no, then who wants to fucking listen to this goddamn episode? So, okay, let's get into <laughs> our second versus of 2017. We'll reserve that potential disappointment until the very end. All right. Second versus of 2017. Let's kick it off. Best location, Cousin Wayne... Where'd you go? Best location, I, I went with uh, Skull Island, uh, King Kong. Okay. It just, not only did it look amazing, but just the whole thing itself was amazing. Uh, you have this island that real, nobody really fucking knows about, surrounded by this huge wall. And so nobody, you know, not, yeah, not only do few people know about it, even fewer people know what the fuck's behind this wall. So the whole thing just got my attention. I loved it. Right on. I also went with Skull Island. I, Josh I just, is a man. <laughs> when, when I was watching the films, I mean, so much of it is 
stage and and miniatures of you know large scale locations that there wasn't really any real locations to pick from that I could see and Skull Island is just the best most fantastical location in the entire setting uh, dinosaurs show up it's it's badass and it was all you know it, so rare nowadays are original stories that Skull Island in 33 was created purely for the the movies and I thought that that was awesome and even in even, even in the special effects that we were watching from 1933 it was still mesmerizing to watch for me I really fell into it I liked it quite a bit um, so it had its only thing, honestly, in the, the between the two movies. That True, because what life. else you got? New York, Tokyo, and the fucking ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went with uh, King Kong as well, Skull Island, or um, as it's called, 1933 Skull Mountain. Oh. <laughs> it's the home of superstitious natives, uh, sacrifices, dinosaurs, and one big ass gorilla with no dick. And, and, and let's <laughs> sacrificing women, we might add. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm a sucker for adventure <laughs> movies. The idea of an uncharted island um, with a legendary beast is is it's you can't get more epic than it's that. It's a cool story. I mean, even like I said, the location itself is just a cool story unto itself. You could have different scenarios there, really. Yeah. I think and still have a good film. Yeah, I love the scene too where they approach the island and the captain is kind of staring off to the massive wall and, and the mountains and the jungle. I, you can just it's just, see it's just a great adventure I, setup. Like fuck this, you know, <laughs> you know where <laughs> the fuck did you take us? I did. Uh, I did uh, read something. That's a very valid question, I think, and that is, if these natives built this wall to keep Kong in, why the hell did they put a door on the wall? That is a valid question. That is good. That is good. All right, so that takes us to best monster. <clears throat> best movie monster. Best movie monster? Uh, I went with Godzilla. Just there's so much potential there. You know, you've got an atomic monster... That really kind of surfaces. They don't know why, really. There's no real real explanation for that, it seems. And, you know, you just this radio... You don't even really... Radioactive breath. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of questions for me that weren't answered. But it just seemed like such a great concept. You know, much more complex con- concept than, say, a giant gorilla. So I, I had to go with Godzilla. Okay. So, interestingly <laughs> enough, uh, you're right. As I'm... As I'm Trying to answer this question, I'm asking myself questions that aren't relevant to the two movies that we watch because there's been so many King Kong movies since, there's been so many Godzilla movies since. The radioactive breath wasn't even a thing yeah. then. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was one of the complaints that when it released in Japan that there was it was nonsensical to them. They didn't understand what they were seeing. The radioactive breath became something that happened later, and it became the bright, bright blue beam that came out of his mouth. You know, but that does not stop King or uh, Godzilla from getting <laughs> this award from me as well. Uh, I think that it's the most interesting. It's a take on dinosaurs, but more importantly, just the fact that his uh, the the plates on his back light up when he goes to breathe <laughs> yeah. this fire stuff. I thought was awesome. They made him mythical. They made him interesting. King Kong is also awesome, but he's just a large ape. With no dick. And and <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, from what I understand, King Kong got approval to be made because people wanted to see apes in movies. There were a couple things that hit and made money back in the late 20s. So they said, this is going to be great. It's going to make us money. And I, I think that that, that kind of falls in line with the way that I feel about Kong is he's just an oversized ape. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing particularly special about him. 
Godzilla, I don't feel the same way. Yeah, I, exactly. I it was interesting. And you got genetic mutation. I was left wanting more, for sure. Yeah. I felt like there was more to understand. Oh, there's plenty fucking more. <laughs> All the spin <laughs> 30 fucking movies more. Exactly. But yeah, and actually, great segue into, into my uh, vote. <clears throat> Um, I based my vote off the two that I was presented with in this versus. So um, Godzilla, he might be more interesting as the movies go on, like 30 fucking movies, 300 movies, I don't even know how many he's made. But basing it off of, of this, he probably has a, probably a richer mythology, but based off these two movies, I had to break it down. King, King Kong has size, strength, intelligence. Um, Godzilla has you know nuclear abilities, absorbs radiation, um, has an incredible healing factor. Um, I think Godzilla surpasses. Superhero. Huh? Yeah, day. pretty much, right? <laughs> there, there was an animated series based after Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. I think Godzilla probably surpasses King Kong in almost every way. Um, Ultimate God of Destruction, he's the obviously the king of monsters. He's kick-ass, right? But after I looked at it, uh, I think there's some hu- humanity somewhere in Kong. Um, there, there is. He's, he, he, has a, he has a tragic and sympathetic story. I Which think Godzilla that, had later on. Yeah. Uh, but, again. So I think he's like. Movies. So I think he's more interesting when it comes to that. So I went with the eighth wonder of the world. Um, I went with Harambe. No, I mean. <laughs> too soon. Um, Never uh, even too though, soon. Even though Kong has a weird fetish for weak white women. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to go with Kong. His sympathetic and tragic story um, really made him a little bit more interesting for me. Um, but how many people are sacrificed on this island? Do they sacrifice natives? Yeah, yeah. They do, do they? Because I seen some skeletons. You know, when he, when he was to grab Anne. But is this the, probably the only white woman that King Kong's ever well, seen in his life? Right? And, and we've got some racism along with our sexism. That, Perfect. That, <laughs> that's like wasting saddles all over again. That's pre-code through and through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is a question that. Uh, I, I struggled trying to answer and come to terms with for the same reason. Um, I'm viewing this, trying to remember that I'm remo- I'm reviewing this movie and yeah. not the other two King Kong films that I've seen. Um, but it, there's some definite validity to the blonde Andero being more important to Kong than any of the other natives that were. What do you think he does with all these other natives? Well, I think uses them as dental floss and. <laughs> It, it never really answers that question, but I think more than more than likely, um, it's a harsh environment out there. They probably give him to him, and he plays with him as a toy. Because yeah. uh, he was playing with Anne. He started fingering her face and her yeah. chest, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, this is kind of and disturbing. It's a very animalistic, <laughs> yeah, I so too. pheromone-type yeah. you know, environment. <laughs> he's he's very animalistic, and but with her, she's unique to him because he's never seen a blonde woman before. Yeah. And... That's valid. I don't know that it comes across very well. Kind of like an Asian girl with green version. eyes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Someone's already it's a rare, it's a gem, or something to be cherished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and for him, uh, when you add that to his animalistic, primal nature, he becomes fiercely protective of it. As opposed to, and all we can do is assume this because they don't answer the question, the other tribal women that were sacrificed to him were I would assume kind of throwaway. You yeah. know, uh, or he neglects them and they get bitten by some insect or eaten by a fucking dinosaur. Who knows? Yeah. But it's a harsh environment. So whether he cherished the other sacrifices the same way, they just didn't survive because they didn't have a team of white men to run in there and rescue <laughs> <laughs> I don't funny. know. But well, yeah. Back to the soup kitchen, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's so... King Kong got my favorite, my best monster. So take us out to best screen duo. Uh, my best screen duo, I uh, went with uh, King Kong and Fay Ray. When they were, I mean, I know it's kind of weird giving you know the award to a you know an animal, but it's valid, uh, it, yeah, I thought it was valid. Uh, every time they're on the screen, something fascinating is going on. 
you know, there's always actually he's either running with her or someone's trying to chase. The, it just every time they are together, there's something cool going on. And I, th- I thought that was just great. I mean, Usually it, screaming. Yeah. All right, <laughs> lots of screaming on her part. But it's like every time he looks, you can almost just like, what's he thinking? You know I what I mean? I wish this chick would stop screaming. <laughs> or I wish she were. I mean, like, is there something sexual going on? In his mind, like, hey, is there a way to fuck this or something? <laughs> I mean, you know. I, <laughs> very, very interesting. Josh, what you think? <laughs> I think the, I Great insight, Wayne. You, <laughs> you hit it out of the park once again. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> this is why I do my homework. <laughs> I ask the tough questions. <laughs> I think it's valid, though. <laughs> thank you. Because that's, you, a, thank you, that's a question that every single, uh, every other Kong adaptation that happened after that yes. answered. And that was that in the 33 version, and that's where um, I, I think it's fascinating to look at the three Kong films, is that in 33, it, he was a monster. The, the love that he seemed to have, or fascination, we'll call it, was not reciprocated by Andero. I was, was terrified the whole time. <laughs> the other ones, they sympathize with him, and you, you're you're meant to. Yeah, kind of feels see, bad for the monster. You feel bad for the monster, which I think is a great thing. But uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I Thank actually you. wish I had thought of including <laughs> Kong as a, as a valid choice for the duo because that probably would have gotten my vote. Like, I can't, I'm glad, I, mean, I couldn't have been the only one who was watching this thinking, what, what kind of sexual, I mean, there's got to be some kind of sexual thoughts going through his head. I mean, sure, realistically, yeah, he, there's nothing he can really do, but I mean, he just rubs it on her and she's fucking gone, no. you know. I mean, and I'm sure this is going to come up multiple times. It's probably fucking native girls to oblivion. <laughs> that pre generation. Can you imagine the load that comes out of that? <laughs> <laughs> Critics with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> that pre-code generation of film. Tackled things like that. And it did. Left it open like that because they wanted. They knew that was going to draw people in. They knew back then that <clears throat> we're sexual creatures, so they're going to play on it. Well, how often did we see Fay raise nipples? Yeah. Uh, on a couple occasions. Yeah, more than she was one. very scantily dressed for yeah. um, other era pre-coding. Well, I, I, yeah. I watched this with you know, you, and Connor and I were talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this, and I thought I said. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? It shows her nipple a lot. I was like, okay, it's not yeah. just me. Which we did not share our thoughts every time we're oh, watching no. these movies. I'm like, wait. it was kind of actually a boring experience, wasn't it? Because I know. It like, Usually we talk about to watch a watch movie them. when it's a marathon or versus and you can't talk about it. Because it's like, you don't want to smile. <coughs> you, don't, you don't want to chuckle. Mm-hmm. You don't want to say, that sucks. You're just kind of like a, this yeah, wooden. Keep that brooding look. On you're your just face. like, mm. <laughs> you know? I think it's a challenge not yeah. knowing what the hell you're going on. <laughs> There's someone out there right now listening to this from AFI, some cinephile. It's like, you know what? I've never heard Kong explain like this before. <laughs> <laughs> These boys are onto something. <laughs> Kong is just a horny girl. <laughs> yes, 98%. Yes, is. <laughs> that liked white women. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? Uh, because I didn't, uh, I overlooked the potential of. Con- including Kong in that. I looked at the uh, actors and actresses. I actually went with, uh, and here we go, Hideto Ogata and Emiko Yamane from Godzilla. And I went with that because they were the only, and this is going to come up later on in the episode as we get into things, I'm sure, <clears throat> they were the only ones that felt human uh-huh. and real and interacted on normal level. It, that's me. What are you talking about, Josh? These are 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know they are, right? <laughs> what the fuck? Rotten Tomatoes can't be wrong, Josh. King Kong, King Kong is, is called the greatest of the eight films, and yet 
everything that happens, every interaction that happens is so superficial and over in an ephemeral instant. I can't understand that. And Godzilla was the only one that had any real conversation, real interaction that I understood on any, you know, f realized level. And these two uh, embodied that the most. And I, I don't know what else to say about it other than all of the other characters in this did nothing for me. Well, but yeah. one. Yeah. But one, which I'll cover later. The one thing that always got me, and I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, I hope I don't come off as racist. In all seriousness, I'm asking this. But are all Asian people just that fucking excitable? In it terms like of their speech patterns? Yeah, or? exactly. I mean, they just seem like... I think it's in the language. Um, okay, I've always wanted... Because I'm trying to understand that. I'm like, I said, I don't know if it's just them. Like, they could just ask for a cup of coffee. And they could just seem so fucking energetic about it. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, have that cup of coffee? You know? It's, like, a, it's a very... God damn it, racist. It's a very vocal and quick punch type language. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that before, too. I, I think you. it's just a language. Yeah, this was hard for me. I had a rough time identifying a, a good on-screen duo. Yeah, it was difficult. It was very hard. Um, the idea of Kong and Anne, the idea... Okay, you're going to hear me say the idea of Skull Island, the idea of Kong, the idea... It's kind of like a word that's going to keep on popping up. I like the idea, but I don't know if it's executed as, as well as I would like mm -hmm. it to. I like the idea of Kong and Anne, but ultimately I could not... I wanted her to just shut the fuck up. She was yeah. screaming so goddamn much. I wanted Kong just to throw her off of a cliff. When she saw the the movie played in the theater, she thought uh, her stuff was over the top. It was excessive. Yeah, I could not. She, she I could not stand her screaming, so I couldn't go with Kong and Anne. Um, I ultimately went with uh, Carl Denham and Anne Darrow. First act. Okay, um, I actually made the the movie pretty enjoyable for me. It, it's a director and his star, you know, and uh, the interactions they have on the boat and trying to get those shots and you know and how she was going to interact on the <clears throat> island. I thought that was very entertaining. So it felt real. Yeah, okay. exactly. That so that was my my favorite. I think out of, out of all those. So I went with the the director and his star. So it was funny too because she thinks that. That she he is trying to come on to her when when he first hires her, you know. Yeah, yeah he's trying to fucking hire her at a goddamn soup kitchen. <laughs> right. You, you want an actress? <coughs> go to the soup kitchen. <laughs> you want to go on? You want to go on an adventure? <laughs> yeah, whatever. But he, he's like, no, there's no funny business. I'm a real time director, so it was some interesting scenes there, I think for sure. I want to address something you said there: the idea of Kong, the idea of Skull Island. I think there are two conversations to be had here. And I, I, I was hoping that this would come up because I wanted to touch on this. There are two conversations to be had about King Kong specifically. And that is Kong as it appeared in 33, the impact that it had, the importance of that type of movie. And then 1933's King Kong as reviewed now yeah. with the, the, the level of, of storytelling that we've seen today and our expectations for today. A lot of people say that the weight and the realism and all that of modern storytelling techniques in film actually remove our ability to access the escapism that movies are supposed to give, which... I completely and utterly disagree with. I, I respect and value the importance of of what 33's Kong did for, for, sure. for yeah. the fantasy element yeah. of, of what you know what the films can be. But you really have to talk about Kong being an important film, but maybe it's outdated. No, and I agree. Uh, you're there's you're there's no see, maybe about it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah there's, really that's going to be... A, we're, we're never going to touch a we're, we're all yeah. yeah, we're all on the same page with this. That's even I in my that's closing notes. I, I, yeah. We were actually talking about this before. Um, like, again, we don't share our thoughts, but I, I did say that, you know, exactly what you said. I think 33, very important what it did for fantasy okay. and for movie making in general, but 
man, I had a chore trying to get through both yeah. of these these films. I think that there's some definitely they rewatchability. Yeah. You know what? When people are scoring for Rotten Tomatoes, you know, like, yeah, you can give it a high score. But, man, it has to be fleshed out. It has to be, yeah, technical level. Like, when I'm voting for Pantheon, I'm always looking at the technical. And rewatchability is in there for me as well. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have fun watching the movie, I cannot give it a high score. Both those go hand in hand with me. Uh, I think it's important, but yeah. We, we'll get, we'll hit on just it as entertaining as it is important. Anyway. I enjoyed watching it more on the level of education. Education, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like, oh, this is how they did that shit back mm -hmm. then. It, yeah, very important. Yeah. Um, so are we on best villain now, antagonist? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, mine, I, I gave the award again to King Kong. Uh, Robert Armstrong, who played Carl Dunham. Now, he doesn't come off as a bad guy, well, really. But what he's willing to do, he's not telling the crew anything. He's not telling the actress anything. This guy knows what's going on. And he is willing to sacrifice these people. Not literally, but I mean, he knows there's a potential of death and everything else to get his movie. And he wants, and it really comes down to him being greedy. You know, yeah. and he's the object of greed. Absolutely. I'm sure he's got a smile on his face. I he's love that his fingers, all of these but... awards so far are tying into awards that I have later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that and that, that's the one thing you can say about this. Is, but you don't, but go ahead. Uh, the one thing that I you can say about this is that the movies carry a, a, a heavy element to them in the background with the things mm -hmm. that they're saying. And all of that's been consistent through all the King Kong movies made ever since, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's no different than 33. And yeah. because of the strength of that character. Yeah, I, I can see where you're going for antagonist, and yeah, it make, it makes sense. He could he could be protagonist and antagonist because he's the kind of guy that's going to get his his movie made no matter what. Exactly. He, I think he would have just happily have gotten all of them killed if see, it would have yeah. gotten. And to further justify well, that, in the end, no remorse. Oh yeah, yeah. He was just like, oh well, Kong's shit happened. In the street. It's, it's, and that's exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking he's got to be like, I just came up with this great newsreel <laughs> line. Yeah. But what the fuck? Tomorrow these insurance hits are going to be terrible. And what an asshole. <laughs> okay, well, exactly. here's the thing. It's okay. great. He's, I, he's evil. I have to comment on two things right there, okay? One, again, I, I, I see it because I, I could put him as protagonist and antagonist because once he's trying to get this movie made and there is a threat, he's the first one to roll up his sleeve and say, let's go fucking save these people. You know, I think he's putting the camera down for a second and going to save them. But two, what an asshole to say it was beauty that killed the beast. It's like, no, motherfucker. It was the airplanes. The, it was the airplanes. And <laughs> you took him out of the only environment he's known, right? Put him on the stage with pretty much just a metal belt, yeah. <laughs> right? And he killed all these people and you know, just out of probably panic and fear, <clears throat> trying to protect this tiny object that he loves, and he gets shot down, falls down to the ground, dead, and you're worried about the fucking insurance. I know. <laughs> what a brick. <laughs> I had it in my notes, like his quote there, but he says something like, Nope, shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says something about, it's like, it wasn't the airplanes, it was beauty that killed the beast. Yeah, I'm like, fuck much. off. <laughs> no, I wish I was someone in the streets of fucking, like, just be Those like, Those bulls look beautiful, don't they? I mean, <laughs> and that, it, that ties into the conversation in 33, conversation now about that movie, because that message, beauty killed the beast, is more valid in 2005's remake. Yeah, I think so. Oh, than it God, is yeah. in, in yeah. 33. I and so. I think it's a powerful message. Yeah. Uh, it was still the same things, the the hubris of man and all that that brought Kong back to civilization where he doesn't belong. They brought a, a force of nature somewhere where we were unequipped to, to, to witness it. That is really what killed him in all aspects. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, that doesn't change in all three yeah. versions. But... 
Kong did pursue her, like in the 2005 yeah. version. Whereas in this one, I guess he wanted his toy. So it's still valid, but it's not the lesson that we should have learned. And that comes down to that pre-code stuff again. Yeah, they I, didn't yeah. want to sound preachy because they were trying to say these movies don't have messages uh, getting yeah. in trouble. I want a t-shirt that says filmmaking killed the beast. <laughs> you get that. <laughs> All right. Uh, best villain? I went with King Kong. I don't know that there's any other uh, choice for me. <clears throat> Just because he has that human element that you were talking um, about, which I think makes him a driving force in the film. Uh, and So as an antagonist or as a, as a straight-up villain? As an antagonist. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Kong's a villain at all. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's poorly misunderstood. I, I, yeah, think, I think that he is, creature, but though. at the same time, in this version of the film, he is portrayed as a monster. And <clears throat> when you see him stomping on people... Picking them up and eating them. Uh, kind of hard and, to have and, any sympathy and, and, for. <laughs> and forcefully just pursuing them through that gate. I mean, he is, he's an antagonist, for sure. Um, but I think that's more or less in the way that he's portrayed. In this film, I believe that he is wanting to be depicted as a monster. That That's what they were wanting. Uh, whereas other versions of the film, not the case. Yeah, more that would be my preferred almost. version of Kong. Is that more sympathetic? This is not his fault. We're doing this to him. But in this one, I, I'd say that he was meant to be a monster. So, yeah, I went with Kong. I thought he was the most interesting. Provides the best conversation for me. And, again, that goes back to a lot of the other characters. Just didn't have a lot to offer me. No. Um, I went best villain Godzilla. All right. Um, he's a metaphor for the fucking atomic bomb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This motherfucker kills thousands, boats, trains, he doesn't give a shit, <laughs> okay? Oh, look, it's there, kill it. <laughs> no shit, he's a, he's a cold-blooded killer, and the only reason he kills thousands of people is essentially because someone woke him from his nap. That's, I, I that's can relate. <laughs> I can relate. It's funny, too, I was uh, doing some research on this, and um, they were planning, the, the, the filmmakers were planning the destruction, the path of destruction for Godzilla, and so people overheard them, Talking yeah. about this destruction, and they almost got arrested until they pulled out their cards. They, they had to pull out their Toho cards and be like, "No, man, we're actually fucking making a movie." But yeah, that, that's kind of funny. But yeah, I went with Godzilla, man. He's a he's a force to be reckoned with. Right so. on, right on. All right, that takes us to where are we going next? Uh, best hero protagonist. Yes, best hero. Where'd you go? I I went uh, with Sirizawa. I hope I pronounced that right again. From Godzilla. Better than what I'm gonna do. <laughs> this guy. Uh, not only did he come up with a you know a weapon of destruction for this, but he was afraid that you know he was such an innocent guy that he didn't want it to be used for harm. Mm -hmm. So in the end, Oppenheimer parallel. <laughs> yeah, so in the much. end, this guy he helps destroy Godzilla and dies in the process, so nobody else can learn this and do something evil with it. Uh -huh. That's a fucking hero. That is a saint. You know, that's a that's a goddamn hero. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? He's always giving the eye. I, I want to pick your answer now. <laughs> I, I, I passed on Sarazawa. I don't, passed don't, on Sarazawa because I didn't feel like he was present in the film enough. He didn't really. True, he wasn't the very one much, that I but went with. When it mattered. Yeah, when it mattered, yeah, he killed the fucking monster. He killed Godzilla. That's yeah. what he killed Godzilla, Josh. That, that's valid. He showed up in the 11th hour, and finally, you know, after the entire city has been destroyed, and thousands of people have been killed. He doesn't come forward. His ex fiance comes and says, "Look here, motherfucker. You're time to give it up. We give yeah. people the height." Well, I think he would have rather seen thousands die than millions. I don't know. Somebody got a hold of this. Weapon. I don't know if I can change your opinion with this. He had an eye patch. 
I like the Sarazawa Your argument choice. is valid. I do. I do like the Sarazawa <laughs> choice. But I went with a deplorable character, in my opinion, because there were no heroes in this these two fucking movies that did anything for me. And I went with the only one that actually <clears throat> ventured out to save someone, and that, to me, was Jack Driscoll. And that sucks to say. That. Yeah, it does suck because <laughs> does suck he is the most that. boring hero. Oh yeah, of all it's time. Funny that you say that because I, I guess he was quoted as saying that he was just there to do what he was told and get a paycheck. Yeah, I can. You and, can tell. <laughs> it's the most phoned in performance I've ever seen. One of the greatest films, fantasy films of mm-hmm. all time. Blows my mind. He falls in love quick, too, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Jack Driscoll because he. Relentlessly pursued Andero, went into the monster's den. You know, he stuck there the whole time. His entire crew gets wiped out. He did go the distance to get her back. That's why he gets my vote. Sarazawa wasn't in Godzilla enough for me to give him the credit he probably deserves. So I went with Driscoll, but it sucks to do it. Your turn. (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm going Sarazawa. I'm going to echo everything you said, okay? Everything, except you missed the icing on the cake. Okay? You missed the icing on the cake. So... Everything you said, he mm-hmm. created the Oxygen Destroyer. Um, only one that could kill Godzilla. Um, he was afraid that it would be weaponized, so he destroys his notes. You know, he detonates his only prototype, sacrificing himself and ultimately killing Godzilla. The icing on the cake, okay? <laughs> his final wish, after all of this is done, after his sacrifice, oh. is for his fiance to find happiness with yeah. another man. Fucking A, buddy. <laughs> 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 Bravo. Bravo, buddy. I forgot. I actually, I forgot about that, and I feel bad about that, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did your hero do that, Josh? <laughs> I don't fucking think so. He was a sexist prick, Josh. <laughs> yeah, he was. He killed Godzilla, uh, and he yeah. gave his pussy to another man. <laughs> Can't beat that shit. <laughs> Fair point. Goddamn hero status. I need a shirt now with Sarazawa. Just with his eye patch. <laughs> it's a fucking hero. <laughs> Kill yourself and give away the pussy. <laughs> I hope we're not giving away how we feel about this versus. <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs> okay, so where are we going? Best kill. Best kill. This one, I know it's funny, but at the same time, I just, I almost wanted to rewind this. Godzilla, or not, yeah, King Kong, I apologize, is climbing one of these towers and just randomly reaches his oh, yeah! and grabs this chick, looks her like, this is the wrong white bitch, and throws her down to the ground. My favorite kill, too. <laughs> My favorite kill, too. And it was only like, what, maybe maybe 10 seconds? Yeah. But he's like, oh, shit. And she's like, Blam. she's so fucked. She knows she's fucked. <laughs> She doesn't scream or nothing. She's just like, just just get this over with. Yeah. Can you imagine just that laying there and all of a sudden some giant fucking gorilla reaches his arm in, grabs you, looks at you, and throws you down from like, what, 50, 60 stories oh, or more? This whole time you're thinking this has to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is not fucking real. And about halfway down through you're the fall, you're like, are you fucking letting your life me? pass before your exactly. eyes? Exactly. And you never wake up again. You're like, there's no fucking way this just happened. You know, uh, you know she's gonna be doing good. She's young. Looks like she's in a wealthy part of town. And a giant gorilla grabs you and throws you. Never down seen that shit before. I mean, no, I haven't. And I don't think she had either. Can you? I mean, she's, she's probably getting ready for the second showing of the Eighth Wonder of the World. <laughs> I can't wait to go see the. Oh, you no fucking way. Where was your hero, Josh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wrong white chick. Yeah, I, <laughs> he was in a different cave. <laughs> 
So we all had the same. Yeah, same kill. kill. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, tr- so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, this bye, movie, but... <laughs> this movie had a high kill count too. It so did. It really did. It's saying something. Oh, all right. So that takes us to our okay, man. We we probably have to. Let the fuck it. Let's just let it roll. <laughs> this is our, explain what the fuck. Uh, what, what the, the fuck? fuck award is? It pretty much it's self-explanatory. A moment in the movie that makes you just go, "What the fuck?" Okay. Should we? How do we want to do this? Because I there was quite a few for us. I yeah. Think. So let's just go. You want to do one, and we'll just keep on going around. Actually, just give us yeah, give us one. Give us one. My what the fuck? Um, this is one main one I picked. Main one. King Kong picking up the actress at the soup kitchen, oh. <laughs> and he just grabs her too and like pulls her away, and she doesn't resist. Uh huh. Like you know, I could get gang raped by a bunch of God knows what around the corner, but oh okay. You said King Kong. You mean Carl Denham? Yes, Carl Denham. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Apologize. Yeah. So yeah, because he's like. You need to go find an actress. He doesn't go to any studio in town, or he no, doesn't go to... this low-life piece of shit. <laughs> he just goes to... The first place you go for an actress is a goddamn soup kitchen? And he plays on people's desperation. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and I think that that's, a, that's an element of his character that actually makes him more interesting for me. Yeah, yeah. And also more he, evil, though. He literally <laughs> was scraping the bottom of the barrel. He was oh, going yeah. where he... He didn't want a female actress no, he didn't, in yeah, the movie it, at all. You'd think that these guys so were he's all literally gay, the going, way they treated women. No, yeah. it just... <laughs> and he, he's going to pick up whatever chick he can find anywhere and he's finding the one that is desperate yeah so it, it actually validates his character and I, I think that makes it make sense but okay yeah what was your main one my oh my uh, number one what the fuck uh, I picked one for each because there were so fucking many <laughs> I only picked one for each but my first what the fuck was a moment I was watching this uh my girlfriend does not like black and white films so I watch it she reads on her phone or whatever she does but <clears throat> She overheard this moment, and we both looked at each other at the same fucking moment. And it's a quote. But Jack, you hate women. Yeah, I know. But you ain't women. (laughs) It was a shell shock to me to be watching this movie. And A, in that same conversation, he spills all this stuff about how Denim's crazy for taking her on the island. He... He couldn't imagine what he would do if something happened to her. Yeah. And then she says, but Jack, you hate women. Yeah, I know. But you ain't women. Say, I think I love you. Talk about the fastest fucking evolution Uh, for a romance I've ever seen in film. And it was just (laughs) distracting. It threw me off. And it made me realize, it made me take a step back and realize I'm watching a movie that is so out of the time that it's being watched (laughs) in. That the I have to find a way to come to it terms was. with that. that yeah, the but that was a pure was what the fuck. Did he just say? Yeah. That? <laughs> well, I think Carl uh, Denham calls her a flapper. Yeah, 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 flapper. Yeah, just a flapper. And then it's funny, like <laughs> he he won't make him. He doesn't want to make a movie with a woman. Like he's what does he say? He says something like. He just doesn't want to make a movie. I'm thinking, what kind of movie? You're a filmmaker. Yeah, my, my first thought was, what did he do? Like, make gay porn up until this point? <laughs> yeah. it, I hate that I'm about to defend that concept, but he didn't want to do it because, as I understand it, he didn't want to do it because Hollywood was telling him he had to do it, uh, which is something which is I, cool. I defend, yeah. something I fervently oh, God, If you want to make this this way, then you should be able to make your creative decisions your way. Um, but he had to put a female in it. They, he wouldn't tell him anything about what he was doing. I'm not going to give you some... Uh, female actress to trek off around the uh, world without knowing where she's going or what risks she's going to be taking. So he goes and he gets a chick from a soup kitchen. I just want to make a sausage fest, but all right, fine, I'll go get a chick. Well, they, you know, but creative rights and all that yeah. were uh, uh, 
something worth discussing. And yeah. I think that that's valid, but the misogyny taking place in this film. I mean, she's there. Uh, Might as well show her some respect, but no, we're watching yeah. a 1933 pre-code era film. Yeah. And her where, feelings just don't matter. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that shows. And that was my what the fuck moment. We both looked at each that's other at the one. same time. Like, that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. And they weren't kidding either. <laughs> my number one was, there's moments in, go ahead. Did oh, you no, want to say? No, I, I, I almost think I know which one you're going to go with. Okay. There was a, there was moments in Kong where I liked his design, right? And then they show a close-up of his goddamn face. <laughs> and it took me out of the movie. It was the, It's the creepiest, perverted face I've ever seen. Like, yeah. this guy's up to no good. Okay? Like, he, he, wants, he wants to fuck you. And it reinforces that scratch and sniff thing yeah. that he does. Can you imagine? Okay, like earlier we are talking about our, the, the worst kill. You know, our best kill. Yeah. You know, can you imagine... Him reaching in and grabbing you, but then imagine his face. His face is so creepy, lust, lust <laughs> creepy. Oh my god, I couldn't uh, coming face to face to this thing snatching you up from the altar on Skull Island has to be fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, if King Kong drew a van, it so would say free candy on the fucking no side. Shit. <laughs> it's validating her, her scream. Face. It's validating her scream then. Looking Fuck at that yeah. face. <laughs> this thing is up to no good. <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna do to me, but oh god. <laughs> It's like this this fucking legendary beast, and then you see this fucking like retarded looking creature coming up. <laughs> it's like some horny mongoloid coming at you. That's scary. But, horny mongoloid. Let's call that. It's it's a dated element. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of work went into making that particular special effect. That's I agree. Like a it felt really out of place. Yeah. It felt really out of place. But back then, they had never seen yeah, yeah. that or its likeness. <laughs> The, the, we haven't seen it since. <laughs> that that rear projection stuff that was that was in it, and the way that they yeah. they burned two separate um, pieces of film together to to layer them, all that stuff was new. That's why I messaged you earlier about uh, wanting to do a potential special effects award yeah. because all of that is valid. Yeah, that moment was special and unique to itself. I don't think it fit in the movie. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening to this episode, please stop what you're doing right now. Google King Kong 1933 close up. Yeah. Okay. King Kong face. It'll make your butthole pucker. <laughs> it's just no damn. Good. All right. So let's go, just kind of go through these as rapid fire. Give yeah. me another one. Uh, okay. Runner the, up. The runner up. Uh, Godzilla. The, this fucking fence that they built. Okay. Is it just me mm. or do they they build this huge fence around the, the coast there? Electric towers. Electric towers. Yeah. And like they were just <laughs> like five minutes. Like literally, it took them the, five the, fucking minutes. <laughs> the coast of Tokyo. Yeah. Has these electric towers up like that. Overnight, they're like, "Hey, we've got this great idea. We're gonna build these huge, and I mean huge, fucking mongoose electric towers around our whole coast, and we'll have it done by morning. Breakfast at my house, boys, <laughs> and it's done. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what the? Other, what, what are they like? Asian Amish is here? I mean, what's going on? You build a barn in a day, we'll build a tower in a night. <laughs> what, what did they call their team going after Godzilla? Like Team Godzilla? Yeah, something like that. Team. Do you remember what they're called? Like, it was something real shitty. Like, Team Kill Godzilla? (laughs) Operation Godzilla? I don't remember, no. Team Oh No, There Goes Tokyo. I I remember us, like, looking at each other when they said that. We just got laughed. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) What's another one for you? Uh, This is my only other one. Like I said, I picked one from uh, each movie. And it has to do with the dating. My my first one was uh, just the way that women are portrayed in film back in the 30s. And this one is... Godzilla, when he's doing the uh, the slide and he's showing 
um, the trilobite and, and all that stuff that they found that validates that Godzilla is a dinosaur. <laughs> and, and he says, two million years ago in the Jurassic period. Two million years ago <laughs> in the Jurassic period. That's funny. And followed by the Cretaceous period. So, so two million years. It just shows that this movie was made, you know, before, I'm assuming, before scientific developments. Either they've got the wrong fucking information or we hadn't, you know, uh, well, well, carbon dated properly. Well, we could Google to, to see if they were right. You you know? Know? <laughs> well, and exactly. And it was just one of those things where it was just like King Kong's face, just like that moment where he says... Uh, or she says, you hate women. He says, yeah, I know. <laughs> it pulled me right out of the moment. I was like, two million years ago. Pretty sure that was like 65-ish million years ago. <laughs> and that just shows how old this movie is. And it it validates updates. Yeah. Can you imagine 1933, a couple leaving the theater watching King Kong? <clears throat> and that is not their fault. That's a what the fuck. That's yeah, not yeah. their fault. 1933, right, leaving King Kong and, and the guy's like, Phyllis, get in the fucking car and shut your mouth. We're going to talk about dinosaurs. <laughs> God damn it, woman. <laughs> you want to go back to the fucking soup kitchen? You goddamn flopper. <laughs> okay, so another one. That's not how we feel as video actors. No, no. We're talking not. about two movies. It's uh, actually kind of shitty. Know, it makes him wonder how much movie Ms. Supporting Actress Award. <laughs> Why? Because he hates women. <laughs> Just ask my wife. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure she hates you too. <laughs> okay, so one of my other ones um, was so they, they're selling tickets to see King Kong in the movie for twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 19, That's another dating movie. 1930s <laughs> depression. Okay. Now, in comparison, twenty dollars to see King Kong 1933. You had to be rich as fuck to go see King Kong during the Depression era, right? Oh, yeah. Or not to see King to see the actual creature King Kong. Okay, within the movie. And in 1933, the New York Yankees, to watch them in the World Series, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, it was only 35 cents. <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking people to see King Kong, man. <laughs> My, mine goes... Uh, That's, mine the degree. That's the degree. That's the degree. Goes right along with that. They're in the theater, right? And this one chick doesn't even know what the fuck she's about to watch. Uh, she shucked out all this money, right? $20. She's like, is this a movie? Oh, no, it's a, a real thing? I paid $20 to see You know what I mean? That just blew. Well, well, no, or maybe think that her husband was... say, hey, get dressed, bitch. We're going to the theater. I, I actually, I actually think that both of the things that you guys just said are merits to the film. Uh-huh. Though, because it shows that disconnect. You know, Carl Denham's got this this uh, drive to bring this back and become millionaires. I'll share it with you, boys. Yeah. And you get there, and everybody <laughs> else the is. <laughs> this, this force of nature... And for all of them, it's just a fucking night out on the town. They yeah. have no idea what they're about to do. They don't know the weight of it or what it means. I, I think that that's actually a merit to that particular moment in the film. <laughs> I like, think if there was like a uh, few... I know this wasn't around that time, but if this movie would be made today, the exact same sexism and everything, I have a feeling once the credits rolled, that guy would have taken the cash and skipped fucking town. No, no, no. no I Nobody think, would have heard from him again. He's like, he like, Larry, Curly, and Moe, we're going to be millionaires when we get back to the States. You and... Well, I'm going to buy you a pretty dress. <laughs> yeah. That's my second one. That's right. <laughs> I know how to treat a lady. Get in the car. <laughs> you flapper. <laughs> so wrong. I'll right. let you wear that in the next film because you owe me. <laughs> you owe me? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to pay for that pretty dress. I turned you into a star. <laughs> all right. Do you have another one that you want to share? Uh, no, that was that's all I wrote down. Okay, what about Oxygen Destroyer? Oxygen, I was like, there was name one. for the, the tank. <laughs> the fucking fish tank when he first uses the Oxygen Destroyer, right? They look so 
shocked, and I was expecting something grand because mm-hmm. it doesn't show you at first what what this oxygen destroyer has done. Yeah, you just see this absolute look of terror on her face and absolute lack, just disgust on his. Yeah, and you find out later all it does is they just kind of pretty much turn the skeleton. Flash, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like really that's that's what the fuck that yeah, was. I know the you, suspense was killing me. Yeah, you really, you like, really you had to sell that. Yeah, yeah. and the, honestly, uh, while I was watching it, the oxygen destroyer. Thing. I hate saying that. Is I, know, I know, man. It's like a that's five years where the old, movie you know? started to fall off. I had a really high hopes for Godzilla, and that when that became the end game, it really lost me. It, it's and I'm weird happy too. we got a bunch of other fucking Godzilla movies after that. Oh, thank and God, that's, yeah. And that's why I like to educate ourselves <laughs> and do these verses. If I would have guessed on the movie that I was wanted to be my number one, or that I thought would be my number one, it would have been Godzilla, hands yep, down. Me too. Yeah. And it turns around, it, it's not. I remember liking Godzilla quite a bit until I actually put the, the yeah, AV I, versus scope over the top of both these movies, yeah. and, man, you, you're going to see some more bitching here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Minutes, well, so. like, I, I love uh, Godzilla versus Smog Monster. Uh-huh. I loved that one, and there's a few others I really liked, but I'd never seen the original. Uh-huh. So I'm right there with you guys. It yeah. was like, oh, my God, really? Before we get into best score soundtrack, I want to share one more, and it's very quick. Um, but what is it with young girls being sacrificed in both movies? Godzilla, they're like, it's funny, he goes, they're on the island and they're talking about Godzilla war. And they're like, yeah, we used to sacrifice young girls to Godzilla, yeah. but we decided to do a ceremony, an, exor- an exorcism ceremony instead. And I'm like, well, fuck Maybe you. Maybe they just don't think the women are as important as the men. It's like, yeah. hopefully if we give him this chick, he'll go away. And in Kong, we don't they, need her. Yeah, in Kong, they <laughs> sacrifice women on the daily, it looks like. Yeah. So. I think like we don't know what the fuck to do with it, even. That's something that's innate in it. The, the, the primitive aspect of man and woman, yeah, it always falls in line that, well, in our species anyways, that the male is the dominant part of it. So when you add to that spirituality and the sacrifice and all that, it's always going to come down to women are more yeah. valued by men. But usually in a possessive capacity, which shows well, in both movies. Well, what's funny though in Godzilla, how many years have they been doing the exorcism? Because he calls it a, a ceremony yeah, yeah. exorcism that they're doing with the masks. And I think it's like a hundred years. Or so, something like that. so what was the point with like you know what we better stop throwing broads over here at Godzilla and we let's just try an exorcism instead? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that shouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> some some guy, some elder stands up. He's like, you know what? I, I think we should stop sacrificing the women. I think and that- try a ceremony. Uh, I bet his ass was shot after all this. I'd happened. have to rewatch it. Worked, it though, for a while. I'd have to rewatch it to pull in the dialogue, but I think they just dropped that part of the ceremony. They probably still did the dancing yeah. when they sacrificed. They just dropped it because they're getting modern bread. <laughs> this was 1950. They're going places King Kong was not. This is 1950s. <laughs> this was in the 30s, you fuck ass. <laughs> all right, fuck ass. Tell us, tell us your favorite uh, score or soundtrack. Uh, King Kong. That, okay. Was that really the only, you know what I mean? I, the only one I even noticed. That stood out for me was King there Kong. was a single theme in Godzilla yeah. yep. that stood out, but it was powerful. very powerfully, yeah. very powerfully. It wasn't enough to get my vote. I also went with King Kong yeah. because I felt like King Kong possessed sweeps and emotional changes <clears throat> that added a lot to a movie that wasn't doing a lot for me. So I gave it to King Kong, but I had to mention that one spot in Godzilla, yeah, but and they so did it short, several times. Know? And it was always a, when they were on the move. It was yeah. very empowering. To me, it wore it wore off that when it you did. first hear because it, it was when like, it went wow, away, great. it was like it was gone. It's yeah. like there wasn't anything. And else they just happened. kept playing it. It just made it so much less special. But you know it, what I mean? It, just, it was special to me. I liked it. A lot. At first, it was. I, I I, I'm with you on that. But but King Kong got my award. Uh, for me, King Kong has a solid classic. It's not actually. I wouldn't even call it. I thought it was kind of boring, actually. Um, 
it was Tradition. The, I think it's, it's the fe- it's the first feature length score in a movie. Yep. Yeah, which yeah, is which is pretty cool, but a little misplaced, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, but the main title theme for Godzilla, Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla, Godzilla. <laughs> you racist fuck. <laughs> the uh, it was very repetitive, very repetitive, mm. but. I really fucking liked it, and I it was, was going, good. I was it going was back and good. forth, and I was like, well, you know what? At the end of the day, I really enjoyed the Godzilla, and the other one, I thought, even though it was the first feature length musical score, it was completely forgettable, you know, for me. So I went with Godzilla. It was, but I think that <clears throat> I respect that decision because I also agree that that particular uh, part of the the score on Godzilla was solid. It was good. It was intriguing. It uh-huh. was memorable, but the rest of the movie for me didn't even seem to possess one, whereas King Kong, it enhanced the movie yeah. throughout, so I had to go with King Kong. You know what? When the overture came, uh, <laughs> the overture was on during King Kong, I took a piss. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Turns out that was added uh, back in later. The overture, I guess, got lost, and they didn't find it again until several years later. Probably nobody gave a shit until years later. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I guess somewhere in the 50s, if you had watched King Kong, you'd been happy because it wouldn't have been there. You wouldn't have got your piss break. Yeah. uh, (laughs) All right, that takes us to best quotes. I'm actually interested to see where you guys guys went with this. This one's a long quote for me. This one one was a tough, tough choice for me because there's actually some decent quotes on this, I thought. But mine goes to Godzilla. I can't believe that Godzilla was the only surviving member of its species. But if we continue conducting nuclear tests, it's possible that another Godzilla might appear somewhere in the world again. If that is not a setup for a shit ton of spinoffs and sequels, <laughs> nothing is. Well, it's also yeah. a metaphor for... Uh, stop the uh, nuclear uh, experiment. Atomic, atomic experiment. And also taking. this guy was wrong, because it's not everywhere in the world. It's only right there in fucking Japan. And it, it, cause I, I think it's just because I, uh, I looked ahead... And I know what's coming ahead for Godzilla. Because the one thing that always bothered me... Japan's got all the kaiju rifts. Exactly. Is, okay, how does Godzilla keep coming back? Like, no matter what mo- a Godzilla movie I've seen, <laughs> he was back. And it's like, what? He got demolished. How did this happen? And this answered my question. That's why it's kind of special oh. to me. They that's just cool. kept doing nuclear tests. It validates that, all the... It does. Samples. Exactly. So I was like, that's to me, that was just fucking awesome. Well, I know you guys shit on this one earlier. <laughs> and we'll shit on it now. But I went with it because I think that it's the most important part of the King Kong Tell us what it is. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know that it necessarily carries the weight in this movie, but uh-huh. it's still there. But I went with, oh no, it wasn't the airplanes. It was Beauty Killed the Beast. Oh, yeah, I think it's a great line. I think it's a great What the fuck award? <laughs> Just like uh, when, the, when the movie starts and they do the the, the text on screen where it says uh, the the Arabic proverb about yeah. beauty and, yeah. stays, and he, he was as dead. <clears throat> I thought that, that was awesome too. And it connected the beginning of the movie, that opening uh, script, to the end. And... Probably it carries more weight for me because I think it's so valid for the other two versions of Kong. I couldn't, I, while I was watching, I couldn't separate that from myself and my expectations for what was taking place. Uh, but I still think it was a good line. Uh, mine was from King Kong, and it really summarized the verses for me. Um, it's from Carl Denham. Um, it's money and adventure and fame. It's the thrill of a lifetime and a long sea voyage that starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just love it. It's, it's adventure and filmmaking, and it's just like, let's, let's go out and do something. And, it's a it was, good line for it was, his character. It was, yeah. A, yeah, it was a great it's line a for his character, and it was just the excitement and the, just so much adventure packed in that. You know, I just, I, I was like, I'm going to hold him down. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, it's <laughs> get out. on a boat. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go get a fucking dickless gorilla. <laughs> Aren't you excited? <laughs> I'm thrilled, buddy. <laughs> 
<laughs> a million dollars in my pocket and a closet full of dresses for you. Let's go. <laughs> oh, wait, we're missing a flapper. Go to the soup kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so best screenplay. Uh, Godzilla. Really? Okay. Yes, it did. Like, it, it just had so much potential. For me, and, they and it they, said a lot without saying anything it at did. all. It, the, the, the setup of all of it was—they didn't so. fulfill as much potential as they could have. But for me, it was just there, and I could see it. You know what I mean? Oh. It, it wasn't, you know, per se in the movie, but I could just see where things could go with this, and I just thought it was great. Okay. <laughs> I also went with Godzilla. I went with Godzilla because my new best friend John. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I went That's with right. it because uh, Kong. Felt so clunky. While you're you're watching the movie, you got these characters that, I mean, to to tap into a point that I've already made. Yeah. And the story I just hate felt you. way too simple. I love you. <laughs> it, the big the, the swift adaptation between the uh, Jack Driscoll and Andero's love relationship, yeah. which wasn't and then was, and there were so many situations like that where the characters were just on point to say what they needed to say. There wasn't any real flow to it. They didn't feel real or human. They felt like they were trying Godzilla, to rush the scene to get that absolutely check. Absolutely, they did. Yeah. Conversations were taking place. There was family stuff taking place. You had that uh, she's promised to Sarazawa, but she's in love with uh, Ogata. Yeah. And, you know, breaks off this relationship, doesn't get a chance to really break off the relationship. And there's, 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 meat there. There's there's actually some stuff to dig into. And then when you get into Godzilla, the metaphors for what he represents, exactly. and the, the things that they discuss uh, in the film, going into the, the scientific background, discussing the trilobites, granted they were off by a few million years, I still thought that <laughs> potato, it, potato, buddy. it was good. The exposition was delivered appropriately in a, you know, in a, a briefing, essentially. Yeah. You, you had... There was just Way more stuff depth. there. There yeah. was so much depth to it. it. I was on that island with them. I didn't get that with King Kong as much. Mm-hmm. All so, right. I'm, I'm bringing back the four-letter word. Idea. <laughs> the idea of King Kong is, is such a... So much imagination is in it. There's, I think it's an epic fantasy. Absolutely. But it's, yeah. they've never made the King Kong in my head. I'm going with King Kong, though, just because the idea of a filmmaker, you know, getting on a boat... He hears, he hears of this uncharted island and, the, and this legendary beast. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make the best fucking movie of all time. He goes there. Skull Island is just sounds fucking badass, yeah. you know? You have these natives and these sacrifices that they do. And Skull there's Mountain. A, yeah, Skull Mountain, 1933. <laughs> and the adventure that's behind that wall. And then taking this gorilla, right? And taking it back to the biggest, one of the biggest cities in the world. And trying to sell that, you know, as and wrap it up in, in a nice little bow. So I think that was great. I usually eat up the commentaries like you know the metaphor um, for Godzilla being uh, the atomic bomb mm-hmm. I usually eat commentaries up like that and so but at the end of the day the the imagination um, that is on display in King Kong and that that story is is so I love the idea of that See, that's why I chose Godzilla <laughs> as my too. monster he the idea of what he could <clears throat> yeah. have been it, I, I'm I like that story <clears throat> quite a bit I think the story is the best element in King Kong that they never fully um, delivered on <clears throat> I just ran into problems with the the characters on screen not Mm -hmm. following through. We had half conversations and quick jumps from here to there. Yeah, there was no build between them. There was no, 
investing in the characters, and that helped the story fall flat. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, we usually have best <coughs> character. We changed our best character for the last one was Gene Wilder, yeah. um, uh, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. So we changed best character to best Gene Wilder. This time it was you know we changed best character to best monster. You know, and usually, I mean, I would go if, if we weren't doing that. We're just doing best character. <laughs> it'd be Carl Denham. I love Carl Denham. I think he's a I did. solid I, character. I, to me, he was a villain. I saw him as a villain. Uh-huh. But he was, he was definitely a good character. I'll say he was the only, of course he's really only the good character actor in that whole movie. I think the only mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's when there's one star in the fucking sky. What are yeah. you going to co- concentrate yeah. on? You know what looks the prettiest? Yeah, exactly. Um, I went uh, yeah, so I went with uh, King Kong. Um, that's what I went with. What about uh, best cinematography? Where'd you go? Oh, I definitely went King Kong. Oh, hey, one. real quick too, when you're talking about screenplay and storytelling, I think it's uh, it's called Hitler's favorite movie, isn't it? Have you guys heard about that? Like, Hitler loved the shit out of King Kong? <laughs> no, I can't fucking imagine why. <laughs> I thought I would drop that right there, since we're on screenplay. But Hitler loved the fuck out of it. Anyway, that's it. So does <laughs> Brad. <laughs> <laughs> King Kong wanted to get with a blonde. That racist traitor. Oh, well, fuck it, Larry. <laughs> Head of King Kong. All right. <laughs> uh, best cinematography. Uh, well, King Kong. <laughs> to me, it just... Like I, I can't get past Skull Mountain. Yeah, you know I just can't. It's so, especially. I mean, it, it even look by today's standards, it looks pretty fucking cool. If there's one thing from these movies that have held the test of time, it's that fucking mountain. And I just, I just that one single image there captured. Yeah, and now, now the uh, 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 what do you call that? Jesus Christ, I'm tired. Runner up, uh-huh. <laughs> Tokyo Burning and Godzilla. Uh-huh. To me, that was amazing. But ultimately, I, I had to give it to King Kong. Okay. I went with Godzilla, uh, and I went, I went with Godzilla because I thought that a lot of it was them shooting miniatures and whatnot, but they had a lot more opportunity to capture the scope of what Godzilla was. Um, Ground-level shots of just his feet up to around his waist, and it just showed the size that they were going for. Um, I feel like they had more opportunity with that, though, because of the, the choosing to do suit animation. And, uh, you know, with the miniatures and whatnot, with King Kong, and it's a testament to their special effects. What they were doing was amazing, but the camera was fixed. A lot of the time it couldn't move because they had rear screen projections. They had uh, cranes off screen so they they could bring the arm down. And it just put the camera in a position where you set it up, you roll, you make sure that nothing's hanging on the sides, and then that's your shot. Speaking of that Godzilla suit, I, uh, I guess it was not, that thing was so hot. It was not uncommon for them to take a cup of sweat at a time from this guy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they said that he could only perform in it for three minutes. Yeah. yeah. Before they had to shut the scene down, clean suit. Very interesting he note. He lost twenty pounds. Filming. Yeah. Very interesting note. I'm not wasn't a huge fan of either one of these movies. You know, the ideas were great, but the guy who actually played Godzilla, I think, is eighty nine. He's still alive. Yeah, he's he's going, still doing a. He's going to be in Indianapolis. Yeah. He's going to be in Indianapolis next month, two months from now. That's um, fucking awesome. That would be a, that would be cool to have his autograph on a Godzilla poster. Well, so just saying, you would like the movie the balls to him. He's eighty nine, still traveling around doing autographs. Yeah, no shit. If, if I can just take a piss in the morning at eighty nine, I'll be concerned myself doing pretty fucking good. You know? yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, Days of the Dead. I think um, a few months from now he'll be out there. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> went with uh, Godzilla. Godzilla for okay. for cinematography. I just thought it was a beautiful film. I did. I liked the way that the, that the look came together, but it's got twenty years, six yeah. years Something on like that, yeah. King Kong. So I mean, I yeah. it's got the advantage in my opinion. But 
<clears throat> yeah, I went with uh, King Kong. I think it's one of the most innovative movies of all time for its time. You know, 1933. I mean, setting up a camera, yeah, that's what they did. But they captured, I don't know what or how they, they captured this, but they captured these images for rear projection, miniatures, stop motion animation, glass painting, full-scale practical creatures. I mean, this camera that they set up captured some of the coolest shit in 1933. Um, so I went with King Kong. I'm with you on that. So, they, I mean, they pulled every trick in the book. Anything that that camera could do, you know, or that it could capture, it captured it. You know, and that falls under special effects for me. Uh, yeah, and that's why it I put... Didn't, it didn't fall under uh, cinematography. <clears throat> and, and it sucks because um, <clears throat> I think that Kong deserves credit on that front. Uh -huh. But I thought... God well, because, like, now, now when you're talking special effects, <clears throat> and, and when you said, like, we should do a special effects earlier today, um, <clears throat> I kind of passed that up just because I kind of grouped mine with cinematography because special effects now are all made on a computer. Special effects then were still developed put in on location and then you still had to capture it with your camera you know so you had to work with the lighting and you had to to, to, to capture the miniatures and stop motion and it, it, very interesting all that was captured yeah. with the camera so I, that's why I went with King Kong but and it's funny like I, I think it was Godzilla the directors of Godzilla and the producers they even gave credit to um, to King Kong they're like man there's some shit in King Kong yeah. that we wanted to do this is 20 fucking years later. And yeah. they said we couldn't fucking do it. Like it would take them, what was it, seven years? Something like that, yeah. They said that there was just nobody around talented enough to do the special effects. Yeah, it would take them seven there. years to do what mm -hmm. King Kong did in 1933, oh, you 20 mean, years but that later. But was, that was because of their staff. <clears throat> yeah, their staff, yeah. Their staff was too small to achieve what they did in Kong with the... But you would think that technical... Um, attributes would kind of in, in 20 would years would improve yeah. so we <laughs> could do that yeah. you know so in 33 they were filming some pretty crazy shit so oh, yeah. um, where you going for okay so best supporting actress you guys want to explain this one uh, we have rubber chicken to that shit whoa didn't we skip actress yeah best supporting actress yeah so the reason we have best supporting actress and best supporting actor we removed best supporting actress because that's that what they would that movie's so fucking sexist that's what, they wouldn't allow it yeah that's what they that's, man, that's what they would want from us and that is honestly that is sad because it makes me wonder how much potential there was back in this day that was wasted because uh -huh. some guy said you're a woman you can't act as good as a man <laughs> You know, that just goes like, God, what, what was out there that could have happened? We moved, but, we removed Best Supporting Actress because there was no roles, you know, to to, to nominate or to even give a, an award to. Yeah. So, but you wanted to, I, I said we should probably remove Best Supporting Actor and Actress, <clears throat> balance it out, and you said. Go fuck yourself. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we kept Best Supporting Actor, so. Because Josh said no. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, I, think, I'm I, I think that it's really. valid. Uh, there were. A ton of supporting actors and no supporting actresses to speak of. To I mean, me, there was one, and we say that because the the two women that are in these movies could be considered supporting actors actresses, but I mean, ultimately, I think we're probably all gauging them on the actress role. Yeah, right? they, they were there was no best supporting actresses, but why throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So we can <laughs> <laughs> because it's fun. That's why. I mean, oh. Um, okay, anyway. <laughs> Best supporting actor, who'd you go with? Uh, I went with Victor Wong, and not the Victor Wong you're thinking of from Big Trouble in Little China and Prince of Darkness. <laughs> uh, he played Charlie the Cook in King Kong. I liked him. He was, was just, just kind of lightened the mood a little bit. He was just the all-hands-on-deck guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just little bits and pieces, yeah. nothing more, nothing spectacular. <laughs> I make fucking potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. He, he just lightened the mood, and yeah. I liked that. He, he was there at the right times, and he was yeah. just a great sporting actor, I thought. Yeah. Uh, for me, I went with 
Takashi Shimura, who played Kyohei Yamani. He's the 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 scientist that was giving the briefing about uh, Godzilla and explaining the trilobite and all that stuff. Uh, is, she, no, is she the one that wanted to save Godzilla? Emiko's yeah, Emiko's <laughs> yeah. dad. Oh man, that guy was a dick. <laughs> well. <laughs> Cultural differences. I don't yes. care if he kills you all. Let's save this big fucking dinosaur. Yes, but I, I thought that he was a good character for the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he explained Godzilla. He had his, you know, he was the father element where she was looking to him, trying to be supportive. Mm-hmm. They wanted to ask him uh, for if Ogato or Ogata could have her hand in marriage. I mean, he was a big part of it, and he, oh. he was a big part of both of those characters and Serizawa because Serizawa was like his... Uh, the one that he wanted his daughter to marry, he looked up to him, he was a scientist yeah. like him. You know, There was a lot of structure there that validated his character, and I thought he added a lot to it. I didn't get much from any other character in either of these movies that, that came close. Yeah. Uh, the only other one that I could mention, I won't, because it falls under my actor category. <laughs> so, yeah, you, I can't even. I was not blown away by any of the supporting. Charlie was fun. Yeah, it he was, was it fun. Was, he was put fun. a smile on my face. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I went exactly what you said. I can't even say it any better. I didn't really care, but for a supporting actor that would be important to the role and actually did something. He's the one that told us about Godzilla. He, he did move the plot forward a little bit. Um, I, I was really not moved by any of the supporting actors, but that's who I went with as well. So um, who'd you go with for best actress? Uh, Momoko Kochi. She played uh, <laughs> Imiko Yomane in Godzilla. Uh-huh. She actually added some stuff to it. You know, I mean, just the way she was going. I forget what she looks like. <laughs> uh, short, black hair. <laughs> Yellowish skin. Kong would have rejected her. <laughs> really excited all the fucking time. <laughs> and, uh, she she was the girl <laughs> that uh, was supposed to have married uh, the scientist, but was going with oh, the Oh, now I remember. And, <laughs> Salvage captain, I think he was. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I don't... Honestly, she was really about the only actress worth half a shit in these two films. <laughs> Josh, your go. Yeah. <laughs> Momoko Kochi, Emiko Yamane is who she played. Uh, I agree. Uh, Faye Ray did absolutely fucking yeah. nothing for me. It's like those nipples were hot, but I need more than that for a best actress, okay? <laughs> and I, I don't, I can't say for certain that that's not her fault, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It didn't seem like the script was gearing towards giving her any opportunities. Her nipples are showing, don't tell her. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, Momoko Kochi is the only one that even is a valid choice, which yeah. is why we removed the best supporting actress. Yeah, yeah that's so, sad to say. But. Yeah, both of them were empty for me. Um, we have a rule that if you can't identify a best, okay, which I couldn't hear at all, I couldn't even try, um, if you can't identify a best, you can give the rubber chicken. And the rubber chicken sounds like this. Okay, and that is for worst, all right? And it doesn't get a point. Because the, the worst thing you can do to a movie is give a, a fucking rubber chicken. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. All right? So why uh, heap on a, a minus a point, too? Right? So rubber chicken uh, is for, um, what's her name? King, or Fay Ray for King Kong. And she sucks so bad, man. All she does is fucking scream. Now, like you said, I think you just said it. Is her character doesn't give her anything to do. I don't know yeah. if she's a good actress or not. But what she did in this movie was absolutely shit. She doesn't seem to have any power or any purpose other than just to be a sexual object for King Kong and half the people, everyone on the ship. <laughs> I, completely worthless. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, her, it was 
finger fingernails on a chalkboard for me after a while with her screaming. I was like, God damn it, man! Just fucking throw her off a cliff or stick her in the, <laughs> stick her in the your scene, ass. I don't care. The scene where uh, Emiko follows that her. Shit. <laughs> the scene where Emiko follows her dad into his study and she opens the door and just says father and he asks to be left alone. I mean, yeah. that wasn't a scene that did anything for I you. Must have took, I must have took a shit. Turn the light back scene. off. And, yeah, mm-hmm. turn the light. For yeah. me, that was, I mean, it's not top caliber acting by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Well, if you were comparing the two movies, it was. <laughs> <laughs> if you were comparing the opportunities. Like, that, that chick is fucking yeah. brilliant. <laughs> but that, that kind of lends itself to the discussion about the best supporting actor. Same thing for best actress is that there was a relationship there that was taking place, and I thought it was well-performed. It was, it was. She good. had the, the, the 50s scream when the he drops the yeah. sample oxygen destroyer in the tank, and she, <laughs> ah, And you don't know what back. the fuck is going yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, there was some overacting there as well, but I think that's also a sign of the time. Yeah, I couldn't identify with either, so I had to give the, the rubber chicken. Had to bring it out. All right, where are we going for best actor? Uh, Robert Armstrong as Carl Denham. I, like I said, he, to me, he was a villain and so forth, but he was good. I loved his character. You know, he was just, like I said, he just had this smile, pointing, laughing, but it's almost like in his mind he's thinking, I will fuck you all yeah. to make that almighty dollar and he, to get my name out He looks there. like the only one that showed up in all these movies that really came to work. Yeah. You know? I'm going to earn my paycheck, you yeah. know. Robert Armstrong <laughs> as Carl Venom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, from King character <laughs> in... Either of the movies yeah, exactly. by a wide, margin. very marginal. Yeah, uh, he's the only character that know the only actor yeah. that knows who his character is. Yeah, fully embraces it. Mm-hmm. Every breath is true. When he walks out uh, from behind that fucking shack and starts to run that camera, he he's is excited, a vigorous, yeah. excited director trying to get his piece together. You very know, and, and it, that was the case through the whole movie. Uh, he had the best dialogue, yeah. uh, the best parts of Kong's script. I thought that the whole script was disjointed and none of the characters mixed well. But Carl Denham's the only one that had any fucking flow because he knew who he was from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. We as viewers knew who he was from yeah. beginning to end. And Robert Armstrong brought that to life. Yeah, he was like the only it. professional in, in both films. Yeah. He's the one that I knew what his character was about. And I felt the emotion. I liked him. I disliked him. I, I full gamut of emotion. He was very three-dimensional. Yeah. You know? yeah. Only character that did that. Yeah. And the only actor that fucking seemed to want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Armstrong for me as well. Um, he's just a fast talker. Brought some energy to, to his character. He did. Um, great 30s character. You great know? 30s character. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, this is more towards his character right now, but um, I love that story that's told where, you know, um, he was making a film and he used to have a, um, a cameraman. And the rhino... When she asked him, do you take all the pictures yeah, yourself? Yeah, the rhino was coming after the cameraman, and I guess that guy got yeah, scared shitless, him, yeah. and he took off. He's like, you know what, ever since I don't fuck around with cameramen, I film the shit myself, you know? <laughs> but no, it's that energy that he puts into the character, and he, he's just so three-dimensional. The you know, like, early, like I, we were talking earlier, you gave him antagonist, which I can completely yeah. see, um, but there's a point where he's like, roll up your sleeves, let's put the camera down, let's go save this chick and get back, you know? So I think there's, he's very three-dimensional. See, to me, I think he just wanted to save her to make the rest of his fucking movie. Yeah, maybe, you I know? don't know, I think, yeah. It, I don't he didn't know. want to go to the soup kitchen again. I mean, clearly, he's always got something he's trying to gain because yeah. when he realizes that uh, they're coming back and Kong's following, I mean, he's going to come back. We've got something he wants. He's sad when yeah. Beauty killed the Beast, though, at the end. Yeah, because <laughs> that he only got to sell one night of fucking tickets. Exactly. <laughs> this insurance claim is going to be nearly as much. That, yeah. That's actually something I, I like that you bring that, and that, that story up. And that can't be good publicity. <laughs> the, the rhino thing? Uh, I think in Jackson's 
uh, remake in 2005, there's a scene where they set up a camera and the dinosaurs are running. Yeah. yeah. And he's cranking and the one guy bails and then, uh, uh, what's his name? Jack Black's Jack character Black. jumps yeah. in there and keeps cranking. That's a throwback to that. Yeah. And uh, it also, there was another scene where, when he fights the T-Rex, I, I, I just caught this and I thought it was interesting when uh, he's fighting the Rex, when he breaks his jaw open, they took the time in the 33 version to have Kong like do an ape thing yeah. where he plays with his jaw. You know, he kind of jostles yeah. it to see if he's dead and see what he does. He's proud of what he just did. That was a big thing for me watching that. Um, you know how because, long those effects took too? Yeah, those effects take a long time. And they had him move that jaw like three yeah. times. That was validating Kong being the an beast. actual, yeah. yeah, an animal. And I, that, that was something that uh, Jackson did as well after he broke that T-Rex's jaw and smashed it down into the skull. He also flicked the jaw. So I just thought it was nice yeah. seeing those right things on. come back. Yeah. Um, so that takes us to best scene. Oh, yeah, uh, real quick. Carl Denham, um, with the Skull Island coming out you know, next week, yeah. is yeah, in, a, in a few days. Um, Carl Denham, he's um, – is, is there an actual Car- Carl Denham in Skull Island? I don't know. Because we know that this is seventies, not thirties. You know, hmm. so I, I'm very curious if they bring a Carl Denham into into Skull Island. I don't, I honestly don't know. Yeah, and I do think that uh, Armstrong was the, is is the definitive Carl Denham. Yeah. You know, I, I think he blows Jack uh, Black out of the water. I, I think that they would. I mean, it would seem common sense to me that they would. But that absolutely, that they, yeah. I, I agree with you. There's, there's. I would very there's much no hope that other they representation yeah. of Carl Denham. Yeah. Uh, in my eyes, and you know, and, and you know, there's <laughs> part of me that. They've never made the King Kong that's in my head. You know, never. Yeah. I, I love the idea. I love the fantasy. I love the adventure. They've never made the, the King Kong that's in my head. I love the 30s. I love keeping King Kong in the 30s. But, man, every trailer I've seen for the 70s one looks fantastic. There's a part of me that wants to see them kind of break away from, you know, the 30s, the 70s, the 2005 King Kong and kind of just tell their new and their own story so it's an original, which would take us away from Carl Denham's, you know? We don't even know if, if King Kong is going to have... Um, this, lack of a better word, a love affair with the female lead in School yeah. Island. I don't know what to expect. I've stayed away from all spoilers. I'm, I'm looking forward to this next thing. I'm curious about it, too, uh, in terms of the Eighth Wonder of the World uh, segment of the story, because he's fucking huge. Oh, Where yeah. do you put him on display? So if they're not going that route this time, I don't know, I've stayed away from spoilers, yeah. too. I'm actually really excited yeah, to see uh, School Island. Yeah, I'm but looking forward to it. are they even going to do that act of the film yeah, where they uh, bring because, him back? Because can they? Yeah, I know it's all geared toward. I mean, Kong Skull Island. It exists in the form that it's in because they're wanting to push for Godzilla versus King yeah. Kong. They had to make him fucking bigger, so they yeah. had to reboot it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, what do you lose? What do you gain? Yeah. I feel like we might lose the eighth wonder of the world, or we're finally going to see a completely different take yeah, which, on what that. Which be. could be the King Kong in my head. I'm very excited mm-hmm. to work. Yeah, that, that maybe he has good. a love affair with Samuel L. Jackson in this. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that takes us to best scene. Uh, and I mentioned this one earlier, but uh, my best scene goes to, and Godzilla to when it shows Tokyo burning. Okay. To me, it, for some, it it looked amazing for one thing for me, and it brought up a lot of emotions. You really, for one fleeting moment, you felt something for these people. You know, I felt sorry for them. All He's the a f- fucking murderer, wasn't he? <laughs> he was it, it, villain because it almost came off as kind of silly the way they acted, yada yada yada. But for that one little moment, it's like damn. you felt the weight of it. You, sure. you did, you know, like, especially knowing that this no is only families, nine years everything. on yeah. from the atomic bombs being yeah. dropped. In Japan. You know, these people had, and then you see the after effect that later. You know, the children, you know, pretty much orphans probably. But you know, it's like all these families, all all this 
just everything, everybody in their daily lives were just wiped the fuck out. That Was that near the moment where the woman's sitting there with the kids saying, we'll be with daddy soon? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was... Uh, that was just like, damn, that really, just for that fleeting moment, just really kind of weighed heavy on my weight. heart. It did. Yeah, sure. It did. I liked it. Uh, Tokyo Burning got my runner-up. Got right my runner-up. Uh, but I actually <clears throat> went with one of the scenes in Kong that, to me, stood out as powerful, and that is when he's breaking through the gate and he's running everybody down. Yeah, that's cool. Because you had that same... Type of it, it's these movies are mirror images of yeah. of each other in a lot of ways, and you have that uh, native child that's out there, and I think a woman goes and grabs yeah. it while Kong's running through. Kong stepping on people, biting people, knocking shit over. People are trying to fight him off. <clears throat> I thought that that scene was really powerful, and it I don't know it it made him more valid before you saw the animalistic side of him he grabs and runs off into the woods fights off all this shit but then that moment you knew that kong was after something he wanted yeah everything that carl denham said about him we have something that he wants he'll be coming this way kong's on a fucking mission yeah and and the special effects of that moment were really fun uh there was a lot of energy there. I just I thought that that was a great scene. Yeah, that was one of my runner-ups. Actually, both those were um, great mm-hmm. scenes. Mine is very cliche, but at the end of the day, I don't know if it's because it's been rehearsed <laughs> to me for thirty some fucking years. But it's King Kong climbing the uh, the, the Empire State Building, um, the airplanes coming after him. There's just such so much imagination there to take this this legendary beast and, and to put him uh, give him this fish out of water. You know, uh, a scene where he's climbing a, a a completely human structure, human-made structure, and I don't know. There's just something really, really cool about that that I really enjoyed. So I got my best scene. Right on. All right. Um, defining moment uh, is your best scene uh, when Kong is on top of the building. Uh huh. To me, that just you can represent every big creature movie out there by that scene. Oh yeah. You've so got this giant wild beast out of his surroundings and into modern day yeah. civilization. Whether you've got Godzilla. Any of those spinoff monsters, or really any lost, forgotten mythological creature, it's out of its element and it's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, you know, right there, modern day civilization doesn't give a fuck about these beautiful buildings. No. The you imagery or your is everlasting. Exactly, you that's just your defining him, moment. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You see him grabbing on, and it's just like. That's it for every movie in this genre. And we have a lot of new listeners from iTunes, so if you're listening to this, the defining moment, I leave it open for you guys to kind of decide. It could be anything from the DVD menus. It could be something that uh, I usually use my my defining moment for something I learned about filmmaking. Anything from, you know, um, how they, they dressed up an actor or, you know, a musical score. Or anything that could, you know, if I'm going to make a movie, write a screenplay, I'm going to go back to look at my last 20 defining moments and maybe that'll influence me on how I write my script or make my movie. So that's my, that's how we, I kind of do defining moments. Um, what's yours, Josh? Uh, well, if I had tackled this with that same criteria, honestly, Kong would have taken away several defining moments. The log scene, um, the dinosaurs, granted every single dinosaur in, in it was a carnivore, <laughs> even though <laughs> the brontosaurus, is, you know, but, uh, if I had gone with that criteria, um, there's a ton of stuff that I just found impressive, but what Kong had going for it for me the whole time was Carl Denham. He was the link yeah, that I really latched right onto, on. and when they gas Kong and he falls down on the beach mm-hmm. and he says, "We got him, 
we're going to be millionaires, boys, I'll share it with you, said everything that it needed to say about both of these movies. Because Just like tramp I said, and get him on the fucking boat there for are parallels <laughs> between the two. It's about hubris. It's about greed. It's about us not mm-hmm. understanding nature and trying to control it and realizing it's uncontrollable. And make that's a book what, off of it. <laughs> it, it. That's what both of these movies were about for me. And it watching Kong, I watched Kong first, it defined that mentality for the entire verses. And it's, it's a powerful message uh, at the end of the day. I would have gone with imagery with the, the Empire State Building right. thing because that is really defining of Kong. But for me, the most important thing of Kong is that we are the bad guys you know yeah, we right we allow ourselves to to destroy natural beauty you yeah. know uh so that was mine yeah i went with the imagery as well um and usually my my best scene in defining moment sometimes they line up but not all the time i would say maybe 70 30 they line up um this time i couldn't escape it there's just you know uh being there in the city the first thing I remember is like, wow, that's the building from King Kong, you know, which is pretty, yeah. pretty fucking cool. It was a Chrysler building, wasn't it? <clears throat> Empire. 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 Yeah, Empire. Yeah. 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 So just, yeah. God damn it. Wait, did you watch fucking King Kong? I think Kong? I read uh, <laughs> when Fay Ray died. Yeah. They dimmed the lights on it for 15 minutes. Well, actually. Oh, really? Uh, when she died, uh, she was uh, in the emergency room. Uh, King Kong was playing as she died and nobody knew it until after the fact. Really? Yeah. And she yeah. was screaming. It was uh, awesome. August 8th, uh, 2004. There's, oh, she must be in a little lot of pain. No, she was watching the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but in all seriousness, they, they didn't know until later. They're like, oh my God, this was on. And right yeah, there. That probably never happened. Probably some like, oh, you know what? Someone, someone trying to get some press. Because she died in like, what, 2004, you said? 2004, yeah. yeah. 2004, some fucking like, uh, doctor comes mm-hmm. in. He's like, oh shit, this is, this is the chick from... Guys, guys, come back around here. Change the fucking Kong. channel. I think Kong's Kong. on. <laughs> Kong was on. And I held her hand while she died. <laughs> Print it. And I said, beauty killed the beast. Now <laughs> <laughs> die. <laughs> you fucker. Yes, I went I went with that that image. It was so so powerful for me, my defining moment. The only thing I think about is like, and just being like someone who's a creator, an artist, a writer, just that image and creating that image is just so fantasy. You know, it's just so cool. I just mm-hmm. love that image. Um, it was bold, too, for, yeah. for the 30s. Even yeah. in 2005, like, I based this defining moment off of 1933, but I was able to watch bits and pieces because I actually did my awards um, while watching 2005 in the background. And even watching 2005, watching those planes come in and ha- watching them hug that building mm-hmm. and, and the sunset and, and, and all the skyscrapers and, you know, the city, it's just such a great image. There's a connection between the two that's undeniable. Yeah, yeah. such a great image. <clears throat> All right, uh, it that speaks takes, for itself. Yeah, which we only have a few awards left. Best director, Matt C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shuttershock, <laughs> whatever. Uh, for King Kong, uh, whether you love the film or hate the film, those guys were doing some serious, serious shit for 1933. Yeah, no doubt, and that just impressed the fuck out of me. Yeah, they were game changers. Oh yeah, they were. Nope. <laughs> I Shiro Honda. Uh, well, was, fuck you uh, too, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I thought that uh, I didn't like the way that they said that when you talk about best direction, it's about for me, it's about vision, it's about having the whole thing together. Those two split the workload. One of them did the filming with the dialogue scenes, and the other one did the special effects stuff. And maybe it was such a big project that it required that. But uh, Shiro Honda. I mean, he handled the whole project himself. He handled it with limited staff, limited funding, and uh, really a vision that was still evolving while they were doing it. 
and uh, I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that. Not to say that the the two directors of Kong didn't, yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. I just picked picked the one that I thought did the most. Yeah, I went with King Kong, uh, Marion C. Cooper, and Ernest B. Uh, shoot a sack or whatever you say his name. Yeah. Uh, Marion, I guess, was like the like a, a serious like Indiana Jones guy. Like this guy pretty much lived adventure. Did you guys yeah. read any? No, I didn't read a whole lot about it. Very him. interesting. But anyway, that has nothing to do with my pick. Um, yeah, they were game changers in 1933. They did. They moved cinema forward with their techniques. Um, and actually, if you look at the Godzilla director, what was his name? Ishiro Honda. I have a quote from him. He said that he goes, "We weren't skilled or experienced enough." And we couldn't do the techniques that Kong pulled off in 30 years earlier. You and know, I think it shows. I think, yeah, I think it does. I mean, I think that uh, with King Kong, they they pulled out every trick. You know, when it, to try to make this fantasy movie, and mm-hmm. I don't think some of it holds up today in 2017. But for its time, putting myself in that time frame, I mean, they. Like I said earlier, for cinematography, man, they pulled out everything, man, from stop motion to to paintings to miniatures. I mean, and Godzilla was doing miniatures as well. But everything that they they did um, from a directional viewpoint was was really fascinating for me. So, all right, that takes us to our last, which is best picture. Uh, best picture. This one was actually kind of tough because there was some things I loved about both films and some things I just absolutely hated about both films. But when it came down to it, I thought, which one did I just, you know, simply enjoy the most? And that was King Kong. You know, there were parts I laughed at that probably weren't meant to be laughed at and so (laughs) forth. But as far as, like, just, you know, I watch movies to be entertained. You know, even the shitty ones, whatever. And that's what King Kong did for me, more so than Godzilla. So, King Kong is my pick. I went with the same. Uh, A lot of these awards, honestly were close enough that I could change them tomorrow yeah. uh, if, if I wanted to. Um, and this is one of those where I didn't feel particularly strongly about either film, but uh, I recognize the validity of them, and they're yeah. both really equal um, in, in, in what I would give them the, for, for ratings-wise, but I went with King Kong because when I ask myself which one I genuinely would enjoy watching again because I think it has more to offer, I, the answer is King Kong. See, to me, these were almost like the uh, uh, the original Night of the Living Dead. Didn't really care for it, but what it did for the genre and its impact it's had is just, you know, undeniable. And I think that's <clears throat> how both of these movies impact a lot of the monster movies to date. You know, neither one of them to <clears throat> me were just, you know, like, oh my God, amazing movies, but I respect them for what they've done. Yeah, Watching King Kong again is a research project for me. It's, it's education. Yeah, there's I, a, I can't wait much. to watch it again knowing the things I know now that mm-hmm. I've researched it. And then I would even watch it again. It, it seems like a movie that I feel like I would want to go out and buy because I think there's a lot to glean from it uh, from the period. Yeah, I went with King Kong as well. I think it's uh, you know awesome imagination. It's awesome fantasy. Awesome adventure. I'm a, I'm a sucker for adventure <clears throat> movies. I think this is like the granddaddy of adventure movies. Uh, again, they haven't made the one in my head. The idea is yeah. epic. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's the movie that I would want to watch again. You know, rewatchability is a big thing for me. If I had to watch one of these, it would be it would be that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's inspired artists from around the world. I'm not saying Godzilla hasn't. 
You know, I mean, there's 30 fucking yeah. sequels, you know, to Godzilla. Well, Godzilla even inspired George Lucas to an extent. Uh, yeah, for special that, effects. Yeah, for the miniatures. He said he yeah. was really relied on Godzilla for yeah. that. So um, I think <clears throat> that King Kong um, is the best picture. Um, I'll elaborate a little bit more if it was the, the Golden Idol winner, which I think it is. Um, so let's take a break. Let's count our categories, okay, and see who's the Golden Idol winner. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, let's take a break. Oh, no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. We are back with our Golden Idol winner, and the Golden Idol winner for our 2017 versus King Kong versus Godzilla is... King Kong. King Kong. So now what we do is we talk about Pantheon. Um, actually, real quick, Golden Idol winner. Doesn't matter... Godzilla, King Kong, the only thing that matters right now is the Golden Idol winner, which is King Kong. That's the only one that we talk about right now, okay? And uh, Pantheon is where our group places the best movies of all time. If we decide that it's Golden Idol winner, um, which we did, and if it's Pantheon worthy, it'll go to the AV Council, um, and then its fate will be decided. So right now, someone could nominate King Kong all they want, you know? Um, but as of right now, if we say no, then it just kind of dies right here until someone nominates it. So... Is King Kong, what's your overall view of King Kong, and is it Pantheon? My overall King uh, thoughts on it are I, I do have a lot of respect for it. You know, for what it is, what it's done, and, and some of the imagery in it. But all in all, at the end of the day, you know, I might watch it one more time just to kind of, you know, for historic value, really, all the shit that went on at the time and the pre-code, like Josh mentioned. But I, I have to say No. No pantheon for King Kong. Okay. Same. Uh, it's it's valid, uh, and we need to remember what it is, but I think that more than anything, King Kong has a pantheon-level story that, like you said, has not yet been achieved. The idea. Uh, and this... this particular version of it to me is the, uh, uh, no, third no. in line <laughs> uh, and that's saying a lot so it's really important film and yeah. it deserves the respect that a lot of people give it but i couldn't possibly say that it was pantheon too many things that are dated and and have fallen to the wayside yeah. that that uh, just kick it out of the running yeah um with me Man, 1933, people went apeshit. <laughs> I see what you did there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, people people went apeshit over this. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it as the greatest horror <laughs> film of all time. Yeah, oh, man. I, I Rotten just, Tomatoes can suck it uh, as far as I'm concerned. But as you can I, see, IMDb, Metacritic, a lot of people, I yeah. mean, AF, um, AFI has it ranked very high. I think number four. Yeah. Um, I think also Rotten Tomatoes, 20th greatest film of all time. I think that's actually probably lower than AFI. A lot of people yeah. respect the shit out of this. Did you say 98%? 98%. Yeah, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes alone. Um, you know, it's it's their stop um, animation is, is brilliant for its time, 1933. Um, groundbreaking musical score. You know, it was the first uh, full-length you know um, musical score. And there it is. I think we're having a conversation that it needs to... Everybody praises the shit out of this movie, but what we need to be saying is this movie did so much for film that it needs to always be remembered as important, but that does not make it still valid today. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think that's... <laughs> that that's, all fucking yeah, I can't, long, uh, I can't say it better than that. It's, it's considered one of the greatest <laughs> adventures of films of all time, but I think the idea is it could be done better. 
it can be so done. It was so fucking even, shallow. Even, yeah, you know? even if you look at 2005, I get excited about some of 2005. When we go to Skull Island in 2005, I'm like, I think that Peter Jackson got a lot right, but then he made it too fucking long. You yeah. know? It seems like, like when they left Skull Island, was where that movie whimsical. started to go downhill. Yeah, a little whimsical, too. So they still haven't made the, we put Jack the Black terrorizing... <laughs> they still haven't made the story that's that's in my head. They haven't made the Kong that's in my head. So at the end of the day, I respect the shit out of it, just like you guys do. I, I want a Raiders of the Lost Skull Island. Is what the <laughs> yeah, fuck no, I no want, shit, man. Right? No, that's that's actually pretty good, man. Uh, but you know, looking at all these attributes, I I agree. I agree with the stop motion and the groundbreaking musical score yeah. and one of the greatest ideas of an adventure movie. You know, but at the end of the day, it comes down to watchability for me. <laughs> And yeah. I don't even know if I want to watch this again. You know, I would probably rather watch, and a lot of people will crucify me for this, but man, I hope they listen to our conversation. This is not saying it lightly. Yeah. We just watched both these movies. We have, I think, informed opinions on it, and I would rather probably watch 2005 Peter Jackson's yeah. King Kong. I, yeah, I wouldn't would. even give that pantheon. It's closer to the story that I want to see. Yeah, exactly. I think there's, there's probably a little bit more going on. With that said, I think 2005 has yeah. its problems either, but what we're talking about tonight is 1933. Exactly. It's the Golden Idol winner. And historically very significant, but it's, it's significant. as a, a watchability and enjoyability as a movie, it fell yeah, short it's in an, a lot of areas. When you have a discussion about what makes a movie good, <clears throat> one of the big things, <clears throat> huge things, is character development. Mm-hmm. And it is not present <laughs> in this <laughs> just movie. This had fucking zilch. <laughs> so I, I honestly can say I don't understand. When, when, when you're looking at a pool of movies that came out in 1933... Maybe this was a front runner, but yeah. when you're now actually asking the question, "What is one of the greatest movies of all time?" How do you validate calling this movie one such I can't when there's it. no character <laughs> development? Yeah. It, it is so fast paced and just not even valid. I don't know how to have that conversation. Yeah. And maybe there are people out there that can justify it. I'd love to read some essays on that, yeah. but I couldn't write one. Yeah. If I yeah. made this, I, I honestly believe if I made this exact same movie today. You know, made it in color, obviously, and put some, you know, groundbreaking special effects in it 2017. But I used this same sexist story. It would be butchered by the fucking press. Oh, God, and yeah. I, interesting point, right? You'd, you'd, be, you'd be labeled a neo-Nazi. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I would. I rented it digitally uh, and, and watched it. And then I didn't end up writing my awards and the information until later. So when I went to do the what the fuck, my 48 hours for the digital download had expired. I scared scoured the internet to try and find that reference to that what the fuck line. They do not exist together. <laughs> I could not find it anywhere together. When people talk about this movie and they offer it praise, <clears throat> Jack Driscoll's entire segment of talking to her about how Denim's off his nut and he if something had happened to her and all that stuff that led up to I Love You is, is there. But Faye Ray's line, but Jack, you hate women, is not there. And I couldn't find all of that piece together. I had to really dig. Nobody wants to be a to martyr. I knew it happened. Yeah, and nobody wants to have that conversation. Yeah. So yeah. while I'm lo- I'm digging into it, I actually typed in sexism in King Kong 1933. I typed in everything I could think of to try and get this to pull up so I could see that because it wasn't under quotes. It is a discussion that people don't want to have about this movie that is very highly rated. And I think that it's a valid discussion that, for me, completely eliminates it from the possibility of Pantheon. Yeah, it is too. dated for that reason. It's, I, it's a time most people in don't want to touch that kind of subject that are worth remembering, goal. but not necessarily praising. I agree exactly. with you 100%. Yes. I'm, it's, it's, I'm glad that we're all on the same page. I think there's oh, a yeah. reason that it's Hitler's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Oh, I hate women too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I get this. 
They sacrificed some jewels to a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I made digital in my pants. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even touch as much like that we did in Blazing Saddles about the the racial undertones. I, I, I think I think sexist undertones. Took it home yeah. this one. Yeah, but well, see, there's a lot of racial put it off as comedy. They exactly. had fun with it. They yeah, weren't yeah. serious. These people were fucking serious. You know? yeah. and to me, there's a huge... I'm good with the... You know, you call me whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Uh-huh. You know, sexist comedy, racist comedy. As long as it's done and everybody's having fun, you know, rolling with it no matter what. It's cool, but when you're seriously in that frame of mind and you're yeah. doing a movie with it and shit, I think Blazing Saddles like, and wow. Mel Brooks. I think everybody, <laughs> black, white, everyone was in on the joke. Oh, yeah, okay, with King so Kong, fun. only the the white guys were in on the joke. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the sexist white guys. So yeah, I have to say rewatchability. You know, it, it factors in. I don't really care about watching King Kong again. I respect it's an it. Educational rewatch. Exactly. I, it's, yeah, it, that's it's why educational, I show Josh but on uh, that. I have to. It, it goes hand in hand with me. Rewatchability. <laughs> How much I love the film and its historical attributes, so I have to say no to Pantheon as well. So, fuck King Kong. All right. <laughs> Anything else? Fuck you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, with that creepy looking face. I could never put something in Pantheon that has something. Like, <laughs> I ass ape face, man. Oh my God. Google 1933 King Kong face. Thank you. All right. Anything else you want to say before we shut this down? I think we've really touched it all. I'm yeah, good. I think we run the gamut. All right. I'm good. Happy with it, yeah. All right. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Facebook, AV. You know, there's a couple people that actually messaged me. One in general, I'll give him a shout out. Um, uh, it's uh, Matthew Wade, uh, Marshall's brother. Ma- Marshall's actually in Pantheon Council. I'm curious about he would think of King Kong, but uh, his brother was uh, interested in this conversation, so he'll be listening to it. Um, so hope you enjoy it. Hope, hope it's everything you want it to be. <laughs> and hopefully you don't hate us all. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. Or on Adventures of Video Land on the uh, Facebook, uh, or on, I'm sorry, on the website. So uh, check us out there. Until next time, my good people, go, so, go see King Kong Skull Island, which is yes. out in a few days. So Can't wait for that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm pumped. So yeah, until I next too. time, my good people, peace out, fuckers. <laughs>